0: there and welcome to turning on the podcast and today um, I'll be sharing with you a conversation I had with Lynette uh, who is also known as the spiritual femme and she and I were actually housemates for quite a while uh, way back in the day a few years ago and now um, it's just an absolute honor to share her work and her wisdom with you on this platform. So we'll be talking about her journey towards listening to her intuition and the wisdom of her body. We talk about the concept of surrender inside and outside the bedroom and also we spent quite some time talking about her story with vaginismus and how she reconciled the relationship with her body and reclaimed her pleasure. And yeah, towards the end, we talk a little bit about reclaiming the word slut and the word witch and where there's some overlap with that. And all in all, I just can't wait to hear what you think. So, without further ado, enjoy. Mm. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, I'm here right now with um, my good friend and someone you may know, Lynette from The Spiritual Femme. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Mm, I'm so glad I could get you here and it's a nice full circle moment because way back in the days when Lynette's podcast was still a little baby podcast I was uh, a guest on her uh, one of the first episodes which was a lot of fun to do and I don't know if I can listen back to that episode anymore it's so long ago
1: (laughs) I never do I never listen back to my episodes when I've like edited and uploaded them it's like they're They're part of the world now. They're not in my hands anymore and I can't listen back to them. And that was two years ago, almost to the date. So yeah, that was a long
0: time ago. We've come a long way. (laughs) Yes, 100%. Mm. So for the people here that don't know you, could you share a bit about yourself and what you do and your mission? Absolutely. So
1: yeah, my name is Lynette. I am born and raised in the Netherlands. I'm now 27 years old already, of course. (laughs) And basically my mission and my passion in life all surrounds The Spiritual Feminist, which is a platform that I build early 2019, I started it from a very intuitive place. I knew that I was craving a space where I could share my voice on spirituality and feminism, why I thought the two intersected so beautifully. And two and a half years later, it's grown so much bigger than myself, right? It's, it's, it's a place, a safe space for women to go to. And part of that mission is, finding empowerment as women in our society. And that means something different for everybody. But for me, it really means seeing the interconnectedness of myself with everything around us. So again, it really brings in that spirituality for me. And as part of that, I host women's circles. I have a podcast. I hold space for women. I'm an intuitive mentor. And I also do a lot with energy healing because I truly think that On that empowerment journey, you're going to meet so much of yourself and so much patterning that you've picked up over the years, and so many blockages that you feel like you want to break through. And a lot of that is mindset, but a lot of that is also bodily work, energy, and just things that you've stored in your subconscious, both from this life and, in my opinion, also from previous lives. So I offer a really holistic view on an empowerment journey, I would say, for women. And that's what I do, and that's what I live and breathe, and it's it's everything that I do in my personal life as well. Um, so yeah, I hope that is concise enough, because I can talk about <laughs> this
0: for, for days. Mm, oh, I love it. Thank you so much. And it's been such an, an honor and, and such a joy to watch you and the platform grow uh, over the past two years. Mm. So something I would like to ask you to start off with. Um, uh, we, you mentioned earlier, you do a lot of bodily work. You work around uh, past conditioning and blockages. And I've noticed at least definitely in the past few years that the body holds a lot of wisdom.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and we
0: tend to overlook it. What is your relationship to your body at the moment? And how Yeah, how has that changed since you've started on your, on your spiritual path? Oh, I love that question.
1: So I think so many of us, definitely myself included, we're taught in this society that everything needs to be rationalized. And what that message sends us is, okay, apparently everything from the neck up matters, but everything from the neck down should be ignored or suppressed, right? And that's something that I wove into my day-to-day subconsciously for years. So I feel like I've had a few wake-up moments in that. Some were more, you know, subtle than others. But I've had a few wake-up moments where I realized, hey, actually, what's really holding me back is the fact that I'm suppressing my body rather than... And and her messages and her wisdom, right? Rather than really um, collaborating with her. And I would say right now, my relationship with my body is... mm, about 85% amazing. And I think that's pretty good, right? I'm really happy about that percentage. Um, and the other 15% is, um, you know, things that we always feel like we can journey through, um, you know, feeling as healthy as I can be. its That's always a journey. You know, feeling as energized as I can be, that's always a journey. Um, but in terms of body image and more so towards feeling you know like I can lean into pleasure and I can lean into really just my body as this as this beautiful vessel um, I would say I have a really deep relationship with her and that has grown in the past I would say six seven years and for me that really started with working more with my intuition because I feel like intuition is something innately bodily it's it's resides within the body it resides from the neck down right it, it really disregards whatever our mind has to say about things Yeah. so me working with my intuition I have I had a couple of moments uh quite a few years ago now my early 20s where my intuition just came through so vast and so like undeniably strong that my body was just like no Um, we're not doing this anymore. And it was almost like, it wasn't necessarily that I got like a physical ailment or anything, but it was just so strong from like that inner gut feeling that came up that interfered with my mind and interfered with everything that kind of made sense in that moment. I had to leave a relationship. I had to move out. I had to do all these things and it didn't make sense to me, but looking back on it now, it does. Right. Mm. And it was just such a strong bodily feeling of like, this is not your path. You cannot continue on this path. You need to make a detour. And that really started a deeper relationship with my body because she was just like, it's a non negotiable right now. We cannot, you know, you cannot keep ignoring me any longer, basically. So then I was like, oh, what happens if I actually listen to my body? Because before that, the relationship with my body was kind of a struggle both in terms of intuition but also in terms of bodily functions especially on a more intimate level um around 2014-2015 I got diagnosed with condition vaginismus Mm -hmm. and for me for quite a few years that meant me feeling like I needed to struggle and compete and, and and contest with my body because my body wasn't doing what I wanted it to do I wasn't able to to enjoy being fully intimate with somebody and that had such an effect on on my emotions as well and my 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 level of enjoying pleasure just in general it blocked mm-hmm. everything basically so for me to fully start leaning into my intuition was the first step to healing my connection, I guess, with my body. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's so much that to that as well, but I would say right now, my relationship with my body is so, so good. And so deeply grounded because I listen to her because I don't just acknowledge the mind, but I acknowledge the body and the soul and everything that all those three um, do for me. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. And you're so right. Oh, I've got different thoughts popping up uh, after this story. Um, One is definitely also, yeah, you mentioned once you start repairing that relationship of trust with your body by uh, listening to her, you open yourself up to more pleasure because that is uh, a message that didn't even sinking that recently for me, um, is that there is so much goodness out in the world and our body is the way it's, it's such a blessing. It's the way that we get to interact with all these things. And, Mm -hmm. um, and there's wisdom in in all the, the the less good things too. And when you don't don't pay attention to it, it just becomes static and and noise yeah. and and just general not feeling great. And when you actually zoom in on it, it's um, oh, I was. Um, Just thinking about this a lot this past week because I've been having a a, a not so great week um, Mm -hmm. where you're just generally feeling blah, And I tend to, like a lot of people do, then resist because I have things on my to-do list that I need to do now and I need to get myself together and just do the thing. And it just keeps on being, yeah, restlessness, anxiety until the point where you say, okay, sure, okay, yeah you asked me to do something and what you're asking Mm. me to do is nothing and lie on, on my bed and watch a Disney movie. How about I do that? And it's, it's quite shocking how quickly you start feeling better because you're allowing the sensation to come through and that makes space for pleasure. I think we should all, um, I think pleasure is our natural state of being and, um, we get lost we get separated from it because we don't listen to our bodies Mm. Uh, and yeah yeah that there's
1: so much in there and I think what you just described is that the act of surrender to everything right and I think that that was something that at some point I just had to do there was no choice anymore it wasn't an option anymore to, to not surrender but I think We're not taught in our world to surrender because our world is built on this hustle culture Mm. and this constant mentality of of go, go, go. What's next? Bigger, better, more, more, more. And I think that is such a myth because all of that, all of that, you know, sort of seeming, seemingly abundant stuff is, is within us, but then we need to surrender to that. But yeah. surrender is not a quality that we're really celebrated for or, or taught to really practice and nurture. And I think also it's inherently feminine, you know, to surrender because it can be so powerful to, to do that, even though in our society it's often seen as weak. And I find that such an interesting concept to, to, to explore, like... Actually, the power resides within the surrender, but I've always been taught that it's weak. I've always been taught to push on, even though it makes me unhappy, even though it's not in my best interest. Mind over matter. Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, if you fully surrender into your bodily wisdom, there's this whole different empowered world waiting for you. Mm. And that is scary in itself, because again, we're not, you know, given the tools to to really work with that. But here we are, you know, trying to uh, trying to make that right. Yeah. Um, But no, it's so true. And I, I really feel into that surrender. And I think surrender is and always will be such a big theme for me, simply because it constantly gets reinstigated and reiterated in our society that that's not the way to go. So for me, it's it will always be a theme to Consciously keep leaning into surrender, just like for you, you just described. Yeah. Yeah,
0: definitely. Mm, yeah. And in a I know in a in a sexual context too, surrender is a, a big theme that can bring people so much, but it's so scary and so hard to allow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the times when um when I hear women speak about having trouble reaching orgasm for example a lot of the times that has to do with surrender and for myself personally also in the bedroom surrender is a theme you need to trust the person you're with you need to trust your body um, and to simply release the need to look a certain way to act a certain way uh, to stay in control that's scary but the rewards are <laughs> very good, Worth very it. good.
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and I think for me surrender in in the bedroom so to say has been a huge theme and continues to be, be- simply because of my whole trauma mm. with this sexual pleasure so to say a sexual experience yeah. so when i found out that i couldn't have penetrative sex because of my vaginismus it was like for some people you know that label may may be really empowering because then they can work with it and then they kind of know you know how to move forward and i really thought on some level that that would be the case for me but at the start it really wasn't because it actually allowed me to put up this wall even more, you know, obviously there was already this energetic wall. Like my body was saying, no, we're not, we're not doing this. It's not safe for you to receive basically. Yeah. And that trickled into me feeling very unsafe within my own body because I didn't understand why I didn't understand why she already had put up that wall without me even consciously being aware of it. So I felt really big disconnect with my body for a really long time especially when it came to sex, but in general, Mm. because it just trickles down into everything, right? If you don't trust your body in the bedroom, you know, who like, there's no reason to trust her for her intuition, for instance, or for, you know, anything else, any sort of physical ailment that you're feeling, you're also just going to suppress that because you've been suppressing other elements of your body already. So that has been a huge journey for me to surrender to my body. So it's not even surrendering in terms of me being like sexually active with a partner, but it's surrendering to what my body is trying to tell me yeah. and the energetics behind that. And I haven't fully healed my vaginismus at this point, but I have healed all the emotional layers that I build Mm. up after getting that diagnosis. And I think that links really beautifully back to what you said about pleasure, because for me, it has that has been the healing journey um, to lean into pleasure and what that means, and not just sexually, but also, honestly, just in general, enjoying life and enjoying the pleasures of life. Yeah. Cuz also that brings you into your body and you start to realize, hey, you know, at least that was my experience, like hey, it's safe to just really feel into this pleasure today. Yeah. And really enjoying life and 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 enjoying it with all of my five senses, you know, it's something that you mentioned before as well, like really experiencing life with your whole body. And that has really allowed me to release a lot of emotional heaviness that I that I have around surrender. Mm. and surrender to to sexual pleasure as well. And then, you know, I'm still on the journey to to heal it physically, but it helps so much knowing that it's more of a collaboration with my body than this this ongoing battle which is my experience before, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, I love that. A collaboration with your body mm-hmm. to really experience life fully. I mean, I couldn't agree more. And um what comes up for me here is I the reason I think sexuality work. Of course, it's what I've made my my, my life's work. Um, I believe very strongly in the benefits of working on your sexuality. Um, and some people don't fully understand why, because of course, it's not the only thing that matters in the world. Like, starving children are also important. <laughs> but when we look at our self-development, and that's our contribution to the collective healing is working mm-hmm. on ourselves, I think, like you described earlier, what happens in the bedroom access kind of a mirror to other layers of 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 your life if and it's it's magnified too so if you are in the bedroom and you will um let's say um you will allow your partner to penetrate you before you are ready and your pussy is saying <laughs> I'm not really there yet, yeah. uh, but you keep doing it anyway because you don't want to disappoint your partner. Because you are so disconnected from your pussy, you don't even realize you have never even known how it could feel. Because you always go too fast. If if that's the way you treat your body in the bedroom, then how hard are you going to push yourself? outside of the bedroom? How long is it going yeah. to take before you realize that that job you're doing, you really hate with your full body? Because that's just how life is supposed to be, right? Or uh, you're going to push yourself to injury um, in in exercise and just that pushing, pushing, pushing. Um so, yeah, I think th- th- taking a good look at how you treat your body in the bedroom uh, is such a, a potent way to see where maybe there are layers to work on. And um yeah. It's so true because the minute that I really
1: started this this beautiful soft healing journey of my vaginismus and then also within that, you know, intertwined in that my sexual trauma. And let's say sexual trauma with a small T because I got diagnosed with what they call lifelong vaginismus, meaning that there's no sexual trauma with a big T that um, came before me developing vaginismus. Um, From a more spiritual point of view, I've done a lot of healing on this, and it's very deeply linked to past lives as well, but I won't go too much into that here. Um, But super interesting. Basically, this is all my body has known, right? This this fight-flight response in my pelvic floor. And from the moment that I started to, both by myself as well as with a very loving partner, I started to heal the emotional stuff around this, I noticed my body just softening. And you're right, mm-hmm. it does trickle into other areas of your life because now I am so much kinder to myself in various different ways when I'm having a hard day, when I when I feel like not up for something, it's easier for me to cancel or set a sacred boundary, right? So you're so right. It trickles down into so much. Um, yeah, I
0: just, I couldn't agree more with that. Yeah, yeah. I love that you say soft, because um, mm. that is something I've at least noticed in my journey. A lot of the times when you look at healing trauma, either with a big T or with a little T, like you just said, um, the idea I at least had is: oh, working on trauma is intense and it's scary, and oh, and it's so emotionally draining. And uh, and I've done some ever since I've been um, opened up more to a more body based way of working, mm-hmm. where you use the wisdom of your body, where you use the emotion and the experiences that are stored in your body. Uh, I found out that there are ways of healing trauma without directly having to access the narrative, the story, the the, the traumatic memory. Um, and I've, I've had some very gentle, loving, soft experiences where I shifted and healed quite some quite big trauma um, and I think that's also the beauty of working with your body is that it's not always just you're not you don't always have to be a victim to the the harsh words of your 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 brain the judgments and um, yeah so softness I think that's a beautiful word to uh, incorporate there
1: yeah and that's exactly been my experience it really felt like especially the start of that healing journey but I guess like all of that healing journey actually has felt like a more like a coming home because. When I look at how it was before, that was like the harsh thing, like denying it or you know um, being in 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 this in this fight with my body. So I actually had to lean into softness to start this healing journey because yeah. there was no other way. My mm-hmm. body needed that, and um, I think for so many of us, it's actually really interesting because. With the women that I work with, I go really deep into this as well about rewriting your story. And I do think it's so important to become aware of, okay, how am I constantly reiterating a certain story around a certain, you know, emotional trauma experience that I've had or physical trauma experience that I had? How am I current, like currently keeping that story alive for myself and disempowering myself in the process Mm. and because i think you know there that's where the harshness lies right if we continue to think okay i am a victim of this or i'm a victim of that like i'm not dismissing that i'm not bypassing that but is that really going to bring you further on your path to continue to label yourself with that or to even introduce yourself with that right um, and I think it can be so empowering to think, okay, I'm going to start using different language around this because that yes. also brings in that ripple effect because that again then sends a signal to your body being like, oh, but if we if we shift it that way, then maybe I am safe in this moment or maybe yes. I can experience this pleasure. Maybe, you know, it can just open things up and language is so important in that as well. Um, as the, um, similarly to how you're really experiencing it in your body like Mm. language and and bodily experiences i think are 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 just as important in this in this work
0: yeah yeah oh yeah i couldn't agree more and i think that all kind of ends up coming together in the, the 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 tantric um philosophy is that everything is sacred every single thing Mm -hmm. in life is sacred and um for at least in western society we still need to learn in a lot of ways that our bodies are sacred and it's not just all about disconnecting from your body to achieve enlightenment or whatnot Mm -hmm. Uh, but at the same time also language is also sacred it's a it's another tool we get to integrate these lessons and to bring more yeah basically build the reality that we want for ourselves because we have that power Absolutely. And I
1: think within that, that's where a a woman's
0: empowerment journey resides
1: because language speaks also to your subconscious and our subconscious has been conditioned with so many different beliefs and limiting patterns. So we need to use language to send new messages to our system. And then, yeah, that bodily experience, like we've mentioned before, is also incredibly empowering for women because that will then also ripple out into other areas of your life. So yeah, I think that that is... So good that we touched on that.
0: Mm, Yeah. And for for the people listening, all the noises in the background, you're enjoying the sounds of of, of Lynette's cat chilling (laughs) there. And that actually brings me... There's no stopping her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that brings me to my next question, actually, which um, I don't know if that's something that's been alive for you. It has been for me. Um, The past few months, I have been not only repairing the trusting relationship with my body by continually meeting my own physical needs checking and at this point it's become second nature but really checking have I had enough water today how am I sleeping Mm -hmm. Uh, do I need a stretch uh staying in my window of tolerance and building the relationship of trust with my body but I've also very um put a lot of effort into building a personal relationship with my pussy Mm -hmm. and checking with her and talking with her I've done practices this was way in the beginning of kind of this journey um, doing sort of like a guided meditation thing and then at some point the meditation asks okay and now allow your pussy to speak what does she have to say it was hilarious because she had a lot to say <laughs> I've learned <that. laughs> she's very sassy and and present um, but yeah that's been a fun journey for me and uh, I was wondering is that something that that you've done too in a way because of course your, your, your pussy has yeah more life experience than mine I would say with the, with the background story she has so um um I don't know
1: I don't know if that's true but my personal experience so consciously I've only been really leaning into that collaboration very recently mm. also because I'm now reading uh the wonderful book Pussy a Reclamation um which I know that you love that too, as well yes. yeah um and it's so great about all of that because it really allows you to see, um, your pussy as like this life force.
0: Mm. Right.
1: And so, so I'm really reflecting on that a lot lately, but I think subconsciously I already started that collaboration with her when I started my vaginismus healing journey, because Mm. when I first started, like properly started that, I, I had this treatment um, in kind of like a sub hospital and it was, it sounds very clinical and in a way it was, but for me, it was a very emotional experience as well, obviously. And it was the first time I remember the first 10 minutes of like the first session. And there were like, there were many, like it was, it was a very intense treatment. First 10 minutes of the first session, um, the, the, the person helping me with it, She guided me through a practice of like, okay, let's actually feel like your own pelvic floor. Like, let's just connect with her and then just see what happens. And it was immediately from that moment that my whole pussy, but also my pelvic floor, she just started talking to me. She was like, hey, I'm so happy that you're finally seeing me and that we're finally doing this together rather than you fighting with me. And I didn't even realize that at the time. I mean, I did feel it in that way, but reading more about the whole, you know, I guess concept or energy behind yeah. pussy. I'm like, Oh, that was what that experience was. Right. She was talking yes. to me. Yes. I just didn't really, you know, realize it like that at the time. So that's very interesting to look back on it. And, you know, ever since it's been not, not, not so much like a love hate relationship, but I, it's, it's, I was single for a long time, so I feel like people with vaginismus or or painful painful pelvic floor in that way can probably really get what I'm saying here. But it's then sometimes easier to ignore it rather than yeah you know proactively work on it because there is not that sort of quote unquote pressure to do it. Yeah, um, because obviously you're not like I wasn't engaging in 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 sexual relationships when I was single, so the pressure wasn't so much there so I would say like over those years since that first sort of really meeting her and 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 Mm -hmm. and discussing things with her it's been on and off in terms of active and more passive or more sort of silent but in the more recent years you know doing so much female empowerment work on myself but also working with with other women I've just noticed that she gets louder and louder. And now that I'm reading that book, I'm like, oh, right. It's that voice. Okay. It's that energy. And I, I love it. It's so liberating to see it that way because it's, it's kind of different, right? It's kind of different to really see your pussy as like this life force. Yes. And what I mean by different is it's not something that you really talk about, like with, I don't know, family members or whatever you have to, (laughs) of course, but it's not something that you really um learn about I would say and I it I don't know it makes me feel really sassy when I think about it in that way I'm like oh I have this life force just here and I can collaborate with her and I don't know she's been on fire for quite like a good few months now and it's it's been really exciting to get to know her better to be honest
0: and I'm sure she's very excited to get that attention from you that she's yes. probably been craving for a long time no and <laughs> yeah. I recognize that 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 sassiness I recognize that with with my pussy too um and yeah I I also go through phases of course when life happens sometimes you get distracted and you don't necessarily speak to your pussy very often for the people that have formed a relationship with them. But mm-hmm. yeah, I can tell she, she gets, she can give me attitude when I haven't checked in with her for a while. Oh, I love that. Uh, <laughs>
1: yeah, and, and actually thinking about it now, um, I've also been speaking of rewriting your story. I've also really been able to do that because at first, obviously I saw it as like a weakness that my mm. pelvic floor was so tight and so taut. Um, and clinically or, or anatomically speaking, you do have a weak pelvic floor if it's really, really strong, if that makes sense. Like if your pelvic floor is really, really tight, you have a weak pelvic floor because a healthy pelvic floor doesn't do that all the yeah,
0: time. Yeah, right? because muscles relax and contract. Exactly. It's not, yeah. Exactly.
1: So it's all about the language that you use, but then for me, energetically, I'm like, actually, she's a little bit too strong at the minute, right? Speaking of surrender, she can't do that. There's a lot of energy that from a very young age for me has been guiding there, has been residing there. So for me, it's actually been so powerful to realize, oh, she is that life force. She just doesn't really know how to guide her energy just yet.
0: Mm. There's kind
1: of, you know, an overload. I don't need that much energy there. There can be energy in other areas and centers of my body. So that has actually been really powerful and empowering to rewrite it that way, being like, oh, there's just a lot to work with there. Yes. And I'm really excited to see what happens if she just tones down the sassiness a bit and surrenders a little bit more. Yes. (laughs) And I'm still in process of that. And that's beautiful as well. It's been a really, really empowering journey to start rewriting that story, both by myself as well as with a partner. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, beautiful! You know, and that's so true. It's the um, I've 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 spoken to people about this before. I think as women we tend to get the idea that we are broken if we Mm. don't fit the ideal that's sent to us through society, through movies, through porn, um, and rewriting that idea because no one is broken like there's nothing because even i think in a vaginismus story some of these elements are also things that women that don't have vaginismus encounter yeah in a in a less severe way but there's lots mm-hmm. that women uh, could learn from your story and from other women with vaginismus and it's 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 rewriting the story that we are not broken we're all normal everything is on totally. a spectrum and we all sit at different points and in your life you also vary across the spectrum and uh, we're not we're not broken. It's about finding what, what works for me. How do I work? What does that mean to me? Um, and how can I get to a stage where I feel like I'm functioning in a way that feels aligned?
1: Yeah. Um. And honestly, hearing this, I wish my 19-year-old self could hear this right now. Mm. Because when I didn't even know that it was vaginismus, but I knew that I really, really couldn't have sex that way <laughs> because it just wasn't happening. It was really, really painful. I was just kind of wandering around in the world and everybody was talking about sex and, you know, it was, I feel like, especially in your early twenties or late teens, like you're just in this some like not everybody, especially not me in that way, but a lot of people are just exploring their own bodies and exploring the way that that can, you know, work with others as well. And I was just there feeling so lost and so broken. And there was so much wrong with me in all of these things. And I couldn't really not find the words even for it. So yeah. I just, if anybody's listening to this, thinking like there's something wrong with me because this is not working or that doesn't feel good. Or I just want to say that I hold them in that process so dearly because that mm. was me. And it is, you're so right. It is about Finding more empowering language for yourself and finding, hey, but what works for me? And can I just let that be there? Can I allow that to be my truth? Rather than having to conform to a certain norm that would, I mean, I put air quotes there because... (laughs) You know who who has built up that norm? Don't even let, get me
0: started on that. Right? <laughs> I was about to say. I think we knew who that was, and it's this <laughs> it's this hyper focus on penile penetration, mm-hmm. penis in vagina penetration. Yeah, uh, and that is the be all and end all. And and people will still say, "Oh yeah, we were doing foreplay and then we had sex." No, you were having sex the whole time. Yeah. And then you had intercourse. And that has been huge for me, you know, especially mm. not being
1: able to, to, to really, to, to, to go, to go to the final stage. So to say it, it hadn't, hasn't become a final stage anymore and so much else gets to be sex. You're so right. And within that, I realized that I was able to really lean into pleasure on a different spectrum mm. than was expected of me as a woman yeah. I was like, Hey, but this, this is pleasure. And I am experiencing pleasure right now. And that, that, that's not something that you read about, or, you know, that's, that's not something that necessarily is expected of you or so to say, but I was like, Hey, but this is pleasure too. Mm. And that was huge for me. Yeah. Um, the fact that you, that you don't necessarily need space specific type of of having sex to have sex so to yes. say it's exactly as you say and it's that honestly that was really eye opening for me um and also in a way
0: beautiful reclamation of my own body mm. oh beautiful i love that and yeah, it's 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 this heteronormative patriarchal idea that that is what sex is, and according to that standard, not a single gay person in the world has ever had sex officially. Sure. Right? <laughs> yeah. um, but yeah, this is a whole other kettle of fish we could go here. What even is virginity? Uh, oh if, my gosh! If it's supposedly yes. yeah, because because um, nothing- if we
1: follow that definition, I'm still a virgin, but let me tell you,
0: I'm <laughs> really not. <laughs>
1: reclaiming your non-virgin status. (laughs) Honestly, like exactly what does that even mean? And I think like if you're able to really, and this doesn't even have to include a partner, right? If you're really able to just enjoy sensuality and pleasure, I feel like that is all there is to it to that part of the human experience. And I think labels such as as virgin are really, really limiting. Mm. I think they're also often more used, to describe women than men. Oh, yes. Um, Exactly. So I feel like, you know, if you've had sex with yourself, with somebody else, doesn't matter like you can just release that label anyway I mean you don't even need to attach yourself to it but I think that there's yeah there's just so much rewriting Mm. that we're doing in this field now that is really really
0: empowering that's at least how I experience it yeah yeah oh I love that and that reclaiming of your body of your sexuality that's something I've done myself too and especially throughout lockdown uh, and being how long have i been single now i've been single uh, three years three years i think three years yeah I, I dated like a little bit off and on uh, but for the most of the time i was single and uh, especially the last year and a half um maybe two Ugh what doesn't is a, what is time to what is <laughs> yeah. time management doesn't matter for for a certain amount of time um i started really working on my sexual relationship with myself and i found out that oh boy can i have a satisfying sex life with no one else involved just yeah. me and my box of toys hidden under the bed uh and uh, and just so hidden anymore yeah. now that people know about it <laughs> That's always the most stressful part about moving. If your parents are helping you out, it's like, oh God, who's going to end up moving that box? Do that first. Do that first before anybody else comes in. Duct tape it closed. (laughs) I have to say though, that ship has sort of sailed by now. I have a very beautiful Rose Quartz uh, dildo that I don't you necessarily- bought that with me. Yeah, I was there. Oh, I remember. <laughs> it's beautiful. I don't necessarily use it as a sex toy anymore because I've heard that rose quartz is a quite a fragile stone. So right. anyone listening and looking to expand into stone toys, I would recommend glass. Glass toys are unbreakable and they work fantastic. And you clean them cool. easily. You can use any lube. Side note, uh, but I still have this beautiful uh, rose quartz dildo, and it—I I, kind of bought it as like a as a, um, a promise to myself, a commitment to my sexual relationship with myself, uh, and it's li- it lies on my altar. And uh, for the first few years, I had it every time my parents came over, I would just hide it underneath a pillow and then at some point my parents came over and I saw my mom standing next to my altar and I knew oh no <laughs> it is too late I cannot fix this situation anymore and she looked at it and she said is this what I think it is <laughs> I said yes <laughs> it is <laughs> I don't use it but hey uh, so now we've crossed that bridge um
1: well, and also, like, yeah, I, I mean, it's part of that reclamation as well, and that's mm. different for everybody. Um, I, I, oh, I, by the like, I talk about my vaginismus with my mom, for instance. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily talk about like, you know, pleasure or something with my mom, but at the same time, like, it's such a, it can be such a reclamation for yourself to allow sex to be more of a daily thing rather than yes. something that gets like exactly shoved under the bed so Mm. to say quite literally but also metaphorically and I've really allowed it to be a lot more of of that especially in the past couple of months because for me it was always a very heavy topic it was Mm. you know filled with 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 trauma and emotion and heaviness. So I didn't even really want to talk about it. Right. But me being able to lean more into pleasure, into that lightness and really into that softness of that healing journey, it's become, I've become a lot more sort of free about it and less like on guard about it. Again, that also sends a signal to my body, right? It's the beautiful sort of cycle that i'm in right now where it's like i'm showing my body it's safe to talk about it so okay maybe it's also then safe to experience it right and and, and exactly exactly that and i think that that is actually a really important point that that we're making here um after you know just joking about it a little bit i i do find that really empowering and what that means for you you know talking about it or or living it in your day-to-day is different for everybody but I find it really, really empowering to to feel into that reclamation on that level as well.
0: Yeah, I could not agree with you more. And of course, yeah, I, I've always found it quite easy to talk about things around mm-hmm. sexuality. Mm, uh, but yeah, it, it's I see the effect it has on others too when we speak about these things openly. And that's part of why I started this podcast, because I think for people to hear conversations like this can be life-changing. And also with my, with my mother, with my parents, I've been very lucky to have very supportive parents who I don't know if they necessarily expected me to do this, but when I said, hey, I've got a plan, I'm gonna do this with my life, they were not necessarily surprised and they were very supportive. Um, And I see now in me just casually discussing, oh, I read this book about, like, my mother bought pussy. She is going to read it. That's Um, so cool. I love that. And um, Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski is also a great book. She's going to read that too. And so you see that us doing the work, we're not only healing ourselves, we're healing the generations before us and after us and our peers. We're helping them along the way. Mm. And that's something that we talk that we've talked about before as well, right?
1: That me stepping into this this role as spiritual feminist, so to say, not stepping into this role, but really starting to live my truth as her, that has had its ripple effects that I'm sometimes not even aware of. Um, it's, it's the same, it's just been the same for, for my family as well as friends of mine who are like, Hey, that's really cool that you're talking about crystals. Like, tell me more about it. For instance, you know, I'm just giving mm. an example here. Um, so it does have that ripple effect and even, you know, you don't need to do it for that, but it is so beautiful how your own empowerment journey on whatever level just has that effect on others. And you can really, yeah. I find it quite motivating, to be honest, because sometimes it's like, oh, this is just too hard, right? Sometimes it's just <laughs> so difficult to really lean into your own empowerment because stuff is always going to come up and like there's new shadow work to do. Ugh. <laughs> but then I'm like, but no, I'm I'm not just doing it for myself. I'm also doing it for generations to come, but also generations that have already been here and have not had the privilege of time and internet and all of these things that we're learning from and that we're Mm -hmm. finding empowerment in um so I I I find that really really motivating as well yeah yeah yeah
0: Mm, yeah I got a a comment on uh, uh, one of my reels one of my reels kind of took off and there's so many comments Oh, but it's nice. It's good. Um, got some haters there, too, but that's fine. I can oh, I'll well, delete. That. <laughs> <laughs> delete, block, gone. Um, uh, but also some people who are just um, a bit more critical. And uh, I can see that they're worried. This this reel specifically, I was encouraging people to be more slutty. And then in the caption, I expand on that. It's about reclaiming what sluttiness means to you right. and how you can, yeah, live embody that in a way that feels aligned for you um and i got someone who said yeah i agree with you but i don't think it's good i don't think we need to educate people first more first before we start spreading this and then i yeah engage with her a little bit or him Mm -hmm. i actually don't know um like, don't you think that this is also the the reeducating part? Yeah. And 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 uh, this person was mostly worried about if we encourage people to be more slutty, aren't we putting people into dangerous positions? And um, I hear them and their worry, but at the same time, I fully stand behind the importance of us discussing this. Um, oh even yeah, and
1: that, sorry, no, go no, on.
0: no, continue. You can. Mm.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, like. That is still, and I, I really see that person for, the, for their reaction. But for me, from my perspective, um, that still really comes from a place of fear and a place mm. of, of contraction yeah. of like, no, but if you know more people feel sexually free, then aren't they in danger of um, experiencing sexual trauma? for instance. And I'm like, well, that's exactly what's wrong with this society. And it's a very real fear to have. I'm not like, you know, bypassing that. It is a very real fear to have. And you can never fully know if you're safe with somebody until, you know, you have that conversation or, you know, until you have that feeling. And even then, you know, sometimes you're not. So I really see that, but that's exactly why we need content like that. Because it's like the more people reclaiming their own sexual freedom and power, the more empowered, you know, people we have. So the less need for fear and contraction and scarcity and all of these, these um, more sort of lower frequency energies. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I totally get where that comment is coming from. But I think that's actually proving your point even more.
0: Thank you, thank you. I think that's a great perspective, um, and I, I I I agree with you fully. And when we encourage people to define these terms and these ways of being for ourselves, I'm not telling people to have sex with more people. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Like if that doesn't feel right for you, don't 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 do it. Um, but what, uh, and this kind of comes back to the beginning of our conversation, when we start defining what we want for ourselves and what feels right for ourselves. And when we start rebuilding that relationship of trust with our bodies, we will be able to feel into situations better. Like I know, I have, you know, that I've had some sexual trauma. Mm Mm-hmm. And I recognized quite clearly that a lot of the times my body was screaming at me that I was not in the right place, that Mm -hmm. I was interacting with a person that was not good for me. But I didn't know how to interpret those messages. I didn't know how to recognize those messages from my body because I had been taught throughout my entire childhood that if I sense something is off, I'm being dramatic, and I Mm -hmm. should not be a victim, and I should just keep on going. And I was not involving my body in those decisions at all. And I feel very strongly that as we rebuild that relationship with our body, our intuition grows stronger, like you mentioned, and we will be Mm -hmm. able to make better decisions to keep ourselves safe. And this is, of course, not to say that if you have a good relationship with your body, you will never suffer sexual trauma. Of course not. That's unfortunately not the truth. But I think that is a big part that plays in strengthening our intuition and keeping ourselves safe, being more conscious um, about these things. And yeah. Yeah, that's so true. And also going back to you know, the whole concept of,
1: of sluttiness.
0: Mm. I I love
1: that reels by the way, but I'm biased, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true that it, it it can mean whatever the hell you want it to mean. Yeah. For me, it just means that I do lean into my feminine energy and into that sort of pussy energy. Mm. I can feel super slutty when I'm um, like on my own at home, you yes, know what I mean? It's yes. like, it's just, it's just the way that you would like to define it. And mm. for me, it's never been, especially because connecting to my vaginismus, it's never been having one night stands or, or, um, somebody I, I had like a casual sexual relationship with. I've never had that. And that's yeah. okay by me. Like, it's just the way that things have happened. So, For me, it would never be the sort of expected definition of sluttiness. Yeah. Also, for me, that's just way too much negative um, connotation for women. And I would hate that. So to fully reclaim that term for me is actually, okay, no, I can feel slutty whenever I want to. And I decide what that actually means. It's funny because it reminds me of conversations that I have on my podcast and on my platform about the word witch. It's the same type of reclamation because yes. which can be used as this really derogatory, derogatory, derogatory term. There we go <laughs> um, <laughs> to describe women, right? But actually, you know, in, in in my little corner, I've I've been reclaiming that word yes. because I feel like it can mean it's it's the ultimate spiritual feminist in my opinion yeah and she's she's here to stay you know mm-hmm. she's been she's been suppressed for too long and I think possibly the same could could be said for slutty
0: yes slut. mm. oh I love hearing you say that about which I remember we had a conversation once a long time ago about I think I was getting more witchy stuff in my Pinterest algorithm, and I, I think I remember you saying like, "Oh yeah, witch." I don't know that word doesn't really. Vibe I know, with right? Me. And how that's changed. I love seeing that development.
1: <laughs> yeah, and it, it gets to be the same for for any type of term yes. or language or, or thing like that. Yeah, I think that was probably about two and a half years ago, where I was reading a lot about how other women in this space were reclaiming the word witch, and I was like, mm, I don't know, especially also because. In Dutch, it's still very much a curse word. And I think that I just associated it with that a lot. And I just, Mm. I don't think at that time I was fully ready to step into it. But then as time progressed and I, I, I got to know myself better and I really started to develop my spirituality in the way that I saw that intertwined with feminism, I was like, wait, but I am actually a witch. And then I did a whole lot of healing on past lives and then I realized, well, it was probably a witch in a past life. So I'm not going to reclaim it in this life. Because in the past life, you know, I, I, I got chased for it and I, whatever. So mm. I was like, well, actually, there's a lot here to reclaim. And that's also probably yes. why it triggered me in the first place. Yeah. Right? subconsciously and I think it's the same with a whole lot of sexual terms where it's like at first we always have like a bit of an aversion to it like oh no it's really uncomfortable I'm not going there because we don't think it's safe to do that in our society yeah but actually you get to create a space where it is safe to reclaim those words and concepts
0: yeah yeah and same with pussy too I know that um Oh, I don't remember. I think probably in in Pussy by Regina Thomas Hauer, she shares a bit on that. Um, In another book, The Female Anatomy of Arousal by Sherry Winston, she also has a part about why she uses the word pussy uh, in her book, even though for some people it's a swear, it's a curse word. It's, yeah. it's a dirty word. Um, and there's also a big, I mean, that's the name of the book, even pussy a reclamation. It is a reclamation of this term. Um, and so I true. love this, I love this, uh, concept of, of the reclaiming and with slut same goes, um, uh, in, uh, I've had some conversations and some thoughts around the archetype of kind of the, the, the priestess sluts almost, or the, the, mm-hmm. the high, <laughs> I don't remember the exact word, but kind of that idea of kind of leaning towards witchiness, but using our sexual energy as the magic it is and um, using uh, and not being willing to, not keeping that slutty energy for yourself if you want to spread it around and use it for whatever purpose you want. And um, yeah, it's interesting to to think about archetypes in those ways and mm. and reclaim them. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: I think, you hit the nail on the head there where you mentioned sexual energy and sexual yes. energy doesn't mean, you know, being sexually active 24 seven, because who could do that? Um, <laughs> it, it mean, exactly. It means letting your life force energy flow. Yes. And yes. you know, it, that, that's exactly also why it can be so empowering to reclaim the word and and, and the energy of pussy, because it's that life force energy yes. for us. And this is what i've really been noticing um more recently so really reclaiming my relationship with my pussy but also just with sex in general letting mm. sexual energy flow ripples out i've noticed that when i lean more into sexual pleasure and when i allow myself to receive sexual pleasure i'm able to receive pleasure on other levels as well more things just flow better. My business yeah. has been flowing better mm. because I've been feeling like I need to I've been feeling less in control. Yeah. I guess it it, it comes ah. back to that surrender as well, but for me to receive pleasure, you do need to surrender into that, you know? You can't control pleasure, right? Yeah. I've been feeling more into that flow of it. And then I've noticed it in my business, in my personal life, just synchronicities happening, things yeah. like flowing my way without me really, you know, consciously thinking, "Oh, I need to manifest this, or I need to do that, or, I need to have this." Things just open up. You become magnetic, so to say, yes. because you allow that life force energy to take over. And that's exactly how I fuse sexual energy. It's life force energy. It's 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 nothing like more than that, so to say, it's nothing less than that, but it's nothing more than that either. So when you allow Mm. yourself to fully connect to that energy within on whatever, you know, in whatever way feels good, you'll notice that it will ripple out into your life in other areas as well, in areas that you may
0: not think of as sexy, like your office job
1: or whatever, you know? Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. Oh no, I love this. And I think it, it makes so much, it's something that I've experienced too, either, hmm, Where am I going to start? So many thoughts. So I feel sex is definitely an activity that can get you in an altered state. Mm -hmm. And when we reach this altered state, that's when you... Your channel, your energy channel's open, and I feel like kind of that feeling of when you're having sex and you feel like you're meeting God. <laughs> Has anyone experienced that <laughs> before? I'm sure people have. I've had that before mm-hmm. um, when there's a good buildup, and you you just literally feel your whole body is on, mm-hmm. um, and that that channeling of energy is what you take with you into the rest of your life. And I, I've also made some great business decisions uh, in the aftermath of, of self-pleasure or of sex and that magnetic energy you described. Yeah. I, I, I relate to that. And this is inspiring me to put a little bit more effort into my self-pleasure practices again, because <laughs> <Love laughs> I've been a little bit lazy lately, yeah. which is fine. There's cycles, um, in life. Um, but yeah, Oh, I love this. So we started talking about the body, then we ended up meandering into into pussy realm and now we're into energetics <laughs> so i think we <laughs> we uh took this in a good good so mm, a good question to maybe finish this off mm, so let's bring it back to the body what are your favorite ways to really treat your body and give your body a bit of a a present
1: oh
0: um, your love for it
1: I'll I'll start with one that I've only recently really done, and that is buy myself some really really pretty lingerie. Ooh. It's been something that I've been feeling into because I love expressing myself through clothes, and I think mm. if the past year has shown me anything is that I can get really like down if I don't do that. You know, pandemic sort of office wear was just sweats. And I, I, I just
0: recognize it, it that. doesn't and that, flow, right? No, no.
1: <laughs> and then I've noticed recently when I, you know, wear my summer dresses or I buy some really cool pair of boots, I, I feel more myself. And it's not every day that I need that, but it is often. Mm. And then I was like, how can I take that one step further? So I found this really cool, sustainable lingerie brand. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to treat myself. I'm just going to do it. And that is one way for me to really show my body, like not just like, hey, I see you, but I celebrate you. And I celebrate everything that we do together right now. So that for me has been actually quite big because I'm always so aware, especially being more in in a feminist field of like, okay, who am I doing that for? Yeah, right. Am I doing that for the male gaze, so to say, or am I doing that for myself? And I'm like, no, how fucking amazing would it be if I just put that on, put my sweats on top of it, so to say, and just feel fabulous, you know? It's like, it's for me. And of course, you know, if that brings more sexual energy into my relationship, amazing. But it is for me. And I think that has been really empowering and just in in ways of celebrating my body. Yeah. And um, honestly, other than that, in general, it just means connecting her to nature, Mm. to rest, to... To all of these beautiful, <laughs> like juicy things that may not be seen as as very sort of intimate or sensual or anything like that, but for me they are because it allows me to fully experience life through my body, which is what yes. we started talking up, yeah. about. It means you know eating really yummy food, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, like that's a label anyway that I can't really deal with. Um, <laughs> so. It just means making myself feel yeah. feel the best that I can feel.
0: Yeah, yeah. My cat agrees. <laughs> <laughs> Wholeheartedly. She's like, oh God, yeah. <laughs> but um, that's a little bit of a gift, actually, uh, that yeah. came out of this situation. is so I true. also realized that d- getting dressed up is of fundamental importance. And most of all, I see I have more like nice-looking loungewear now. So, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you don't want to sacrifice your comfort too much. But yeah, getting dressed <laughs> in a way that feels good for you and um really honoring your body, adorning her in beautiful things. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Oh, thank you so much. This was so 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 juicy. Thank you. Yeah,
1: I love this. I love it so much. And I it's just so exciting as well to see your story coming out into the world mm-hmm. and um, your your energy in this. And I think, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just so excited to see where it's going to go. Thank you so much. That's so Thank sweet. you. <laughs>
0: okay. <laughs> mm, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And as always, if you'd like to chat with me or with Lynette about any of the topics we discussed during this podcast episode, you can find me on liz.hunter.coaching uh, on Instagram, and you can find Lynette at the Spiritual Femme. And I'll make sure to add the links to both our websites in the show notes. And I'll also make sure to mention uh, the three books we discussed, um, should you want to dive into that. <sighs> so, all that rests for me to do is say thank you so much for listening, and I can't wait until you tune in next time. <laughs>